Guys Drinking Whiskey podcast, where we drink and discuss whiskey from all across the globe. Everything from the top of the liquor store shelf to the dusty bottoms of the discount bin. Let's go. Bad. This one's the um, Great Malenko is nineteen ninety seven. That I think that was their first one, wasn't it? I don't know. That's that's the only one I remember. Well, I guess anything. I don't know. After that, I was probably in the military and didn't listen to music. You didn't listen to to uh, music after the military. Just whatever I was exposed to, not like oh. what I could listen to. I guess is that way I listened to all that crappy emo stuff. For, yeah, forever. Uh, yeah, the 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 guy I went to the military with, pretty much beginning to end. He listened to. He's like a straight edge coming into the military. Okay. And then it was all fucking emo to screamo to all that shit. Okay. So, like, see, it's skanking. Skanking. Yeah, it's like they're like the. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it's the way you dance. It's like when they fucking kick and punch and shit. Oh, like and, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like swinging their arms around, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like they're just punching and kicking and just going in a big fucking yeah. circle. Yeah. That was one of the weirdest things when I played in a band. I played in a metal band, and it was like mosh pits, and like people were like just headbanging, going crazy. Then I quit for a couple years, then went back to this band in the cities, and I was playing all, all these shows, and the kids were all just like doing this weird synchronized like fight dance yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yep. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's crazy. Out there skanking, skanking. <laughs> Times have changed. Jesus. All right, should we drink some whiskey? Let's do it. All right, time has come. This is long time coming, I guess you could say. It has been. Yeah, it's been it's been a few months. So yeah, well, I guess let's start at the beginning, shall we? Okay. It was back, or actually, it was early or late last year, probably almost about a year ago. I feel, like, I feel like there should be like music and. Yeah, we could have a little bit of. <laughs> it was a year ago today. Yes. Uh, we were talking with our. Our good friend and associate, Mr. Alex Stark at Stark's Sports Shop and Liquor. And he's like, hey, would you guys be interested in doing a private barrel selection for us? We're like, yes, of course we would. Yeah, duh, twist my arm. Yeah. We did a full-on experience. And so he's like, yeah, we're going to go up to 45th Parallel in New Richmond, Wisconsin. And we're going to do a pickup there of Wisconsin wheat. And we're like, hell yes, let's do it. They've got the border bourbon, they've got the New Richmond Rye, and they have the Wisconsin wheat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we picked a barrel of straight wheat whiskey. And it comes in at a very astute 120 proof. It's got at least five years on it. Let's drink some. Let's drink some. They're handsome. Just a nice little sticker on there. Little leather, little leather ascot looking, looking uh, muffler. Whatever you call that. <laughs> muffler. <laughs> I'm not sure. Is that what they call him in Britain? A muffler. He's wearing a muffler. Sure. Yeah. A little black. It, black it's got a little on signature top. on it. Is that the uh, head distiller? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must be. It must be. It says distiller afterwards, so I'm guessing that's what it is. I don't know. I didn't fucking go. You couldn't go. I know. Which is which is too bad, because it was a good time. We took... Uh, Dan and Eddie from the Deathless Dogs in as your proxy. Yeah. Because they knew it would take the both of them just to, just to meet the palate of you. Yeah. But you got your... We got you some samples. I did. Thank you very much, too. I think I think maybe we said it before, but uh, yeah, you met um, 
Jackie. Their influencer or whatever. Um, what is Jackie? She's marketing or? Jackie is sales and marketing. Okay, sure. Very nice she girl. does a hell of a job because she met you in what, Red Wing or something like that? Yeah, we met kind of halfway between yeah. my work and her work. So sure. it worked yeah. out pretty good. To bring uh, six samples down so I could uh, take part in the at least the... The, the barrel pick and the sampling, so. Yes, and you were very thorough. I was fucking super thorough. And I got drunk as shit doing it, too. It was fun. I, I kind of want to call her and just be like, hey, do you still have that email? Christopher <laughs> said, because it was, it was pretty, she, she read it. And I know, yeah. She's like, you guys want to hear this? We're like, yes, definitely. God damn it. But it was like. Don't make fun of me when I'm not there. We could just like picture you in the basement, like the lights were dim. There's like smoke clouds around. <laughs> <and> like, <laughs> the first barrel. As it was very whimsical. I, I, I wrote a paragraph for each freaking sample that I did. You really did? Yeah. I was just like, I like that one right there. That one's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had to, I had to plead my case. Because this wasn't, the, the barrel that we picked was my favorite, but not the barrel I thought most people, general population would like. So I'm glad that you guys went with this one. I think what we wanted to do, and it was pretty unanimous as we wanted a, like a good like strong one not something sure. that was not something that was going to be you know basic right because it's a wisconsin wheat it's not a bourbon it's not a rye it's something a little more unique sure this is it it just it hit home for us i was hesitant at first to be honest with you because there's not a lot of really good wisconsin distilleries i don't really think there's that many good ones right there's a couple some of them do one thing pretty good yes but they don't do many things well change my mind on that wisconsin distilleries that's why we're here yeah, we, we had three different options, and we we picked this one. I spoke first, and everybody was like, yeah, we like that one, too. So. <laughs> it was a hard decision. It really was. It was. But there's noticeably... Did you guys try three? We did. Okay, yeah, same three that I tried, most mm-hmm. likely. And then yep. just slight differences between them, but some of it was the finish. Some of it, like, I was amazed how different they were. Yeah, and I was happy they're bottling it barrel-proof as well. Yes, so I think so. I think straight out of the barrel it was 122 proof. Okay, and this was bottled at 120 just for labeling purposes. They sure. made it easy at a 120. Rounded so yeah. it off. Yeah, 60 percent is pretty damn good for a store pick. And we're going to give you guys some details on how you can purchase this bottle as well. Yes, because it's also why we're here. But let's get into it, shall we? Yeah. What do you get, give it a nose? What do you think? I get some bubble gum out of it. I get bubblegum? classic mm-hmm. like Buffalo Trace wheat notes out of it. Okay. Is what I'm getting. It's very, very mellow. There's not a lot of heat up front. There's, I'm telling you what it's not. Let's tell you what it is. It's it's sweet. It's delicious smelling. It is very sweet. Yeah. It's candy. It's very agricultural still. Yeah. I think everything they do is within like eight miles of each other. Right. It's as craft as, as you can get, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I definitely get the, the Topps bubble gum. That's all I can think of right now for the nose. I'm at a good point right now because... My allergies are kicking my ass. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's that time of year for me. Okay. But everything's clear right now, so it's good. Thank, oh, nice. thank God. Okay. Usually, when it starts getting dark, then I just plug up. Okay. I think I have allergies then. Are you getting uh, stuffy? Yeah. Every fucking night. Yeah. Itchy, watery eyes. Sure. Stuffy nose. Yep. It's Yeah, you got hay. That's hay fever. I'm just getting fucking old. I mean, it's that forest fire that someone started out fucking west and it's coming this way. Mm, that could be. Yeah. Is that why it always smells like a campfire outside? Yeah, and the red moon all the time. Is, is that why? Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. Now you know. You know things. Knowing is half the battle. It is. G.I. Joe? I didn't know I was even in battle, but now I am. <sighs> I had nose of this fucking thing all day long. Mm-hmm. It smells delicious. That was the favorite part 
of the tasting was just nosing everything. Like, oh, this is actually really good. I hate to be such a pessimist or pessimist, sure. pessimistic. I hate to be pessimistic. I hate to be a pessimistic pessimist when I go into things that I'm unsure of. But it's usually that's how I am. Mm-hmm. And this was, it did not disappoint. Me. I think you're being a realist. Maybe that's what it is too. Yeah. And when I said earlier that most Wisconsin distilleries don't don't impress me, I, I guess that's probably pretty harsh. Sure. Because there's something at every distillery that's actually not bad. Right. But I hold things to a higher standard. Yeah. I'm going to give it a taste. Go for it. Ooh, yeah. 120 proof. Right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't really bite me much at all. Just a little bit of heat on the back end, but it's it's full bodied. Yes. It is full fucking body. That's what I love about it. Yeah. It's thick. It's it's creamy. It's it's delicious. Usually wheat whiskeys, they especially like a straight wheat like this one is, is they will impart fifty one percent wheat. Okay. Opposed to the fifty one percent corn, which makes it a bourbon. Sure. And so when they do that, it's supposed to be a smoother, softer taste. And I don't, I wouldn't say this is smoother or softer at all. This is bold and robust. Yeah. Probably because it's 120 proof. But I think it is, it's softer on the palate maybe. It's just, it's still 120 proof. I'm going with creamy. Creamy. Yeah. yeah. Le creme. Le creme. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Don't forget le creme. You ever watch Inglorious Bastards? Yes. Great movie. Yeah. I want to watch that again. The nose is a little hotter after you take that first drink now. Still, still good. Mm-hmm. And cre- I hate the word creamy, but it's creamy. I was thinking of that word the other day. My wife bought me a, a new coffee maker. <laughs> and it does like the co- like grinds the coffee up top. Yeah. And then it hits like a centrifuge and then it goes mm. through or whatever. And so I make a double coffee espresso every single morning. Nice. And the top of my coffee's got that little bit of the fr- like froth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, this is delicious. Straight coffee though, right? Yeah, like, fucking straight coffee. Yeah, yeah that's it. No bullshit. That's how mine is too with the Nespresso. It's got like the, yeah. the froth on top. Nespresso. But I mean, that's what the... The top of the coffee reminds me of how this mouth feels. It's very okay. It's nice. It's smooth. It's silky, mm. but it's just it's good. It's yes. full bodied, thick, full bodied, and creamy. Mm-hmm. Just the way I like my women, creamy and thick. Yeah. Okay. Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Back to the whiskey. Good stuff. I picked up another bottle there too. This is their. It's another Wisconsin wheat, but it's... Uh, oh, shit. Okay. 15th anniversary, the Red Fife Heritage Grain Wheat Whiskey. Okay. So this is only 96 proof, so it's going to be a lot lower, but they are really proud of this one. So I, I was to, wondering why you bought two fucking bottles no, it was one, <laughs> of the wheat to, whiskey. Down. I was like, what are you doing? I wanted to bring a few to try. We got three bottles of the same whiskey down here, guys. Yeah, it's aged a little bit longer. This is a, this is a six-year. Okay. And What's the price point on that one, then? Fuck, I don't remember how much the red... You can only get it at the distillery anyway, so... Sure. Unless you're going to be in New Richmond, Wisconsin anytime soon, you're probably not going to see this bottle, but I figured to bring it because it's... Cool. It's unique, so... What so what I missed out on by not getting to go. You missed out on a pretty nice tour. The industrial aspect, the rickhouse aspect, the, the tasting room slash bar was pretty awesome. The, the cool thing about that place is they don't just make whiskey, they make everything there. Sure. Gin, vodka, brandy... Give this red fife wheat a, a, just a quick nose. Fife. Why fife? You know. That's the name of the of the wheat. Fifel? Red fife is is the wheat. Okay. Fifel goes west. It's one of those heritage grains that has been unmolested for hundreds of years. Oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Kind of the same way uh, Jay Henry has their their 
heritage heirloom corn yes. that they use, which, believe it or not, is distilled at 45th Parallel. Okay. 45th Parallel does all the distilling for J. Henry in Madison. Cool. Did not know that. But they have a proprietary mash bill that sure. they only use, so they're not just, you know, it's not just J. Henry, you know, in a different bottle. Or 45th Parallel whiskey in a J. Henry bottle. It's right. their own stuff. They, sure. just, they just don't have a distillery, so they were making... That's where the income is probably coming from is... Yeah. Yeah, out shipping that shit out. They were making vodka right away, and then they started making whiskey, and they started doing contract distillation. Okay. So they, right. they have the ability to do lots of contract distillation. And we actually have an interview with the owner, and we'll play that here in a little bit for you guys once we kind of get through the tasting of it. But the nose on the Red Fife oh, is... Much different. Very different. It's it's much drier and much more... Dustier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agricultural, too. Yes. Dingy, dusty. This is like... This is the dusty road of Wisconsin wheat, as where our store pick here is very sweet and rich and vibrant and... Also very grainy when you go back to it. it. You do get the much more agricultural taste out of it. So you get a lot of the grain. And I'm waiting for it to be like super hot and like nope. overpowered. But it's not. It's You get the grain, but it's very smooth. It's 96. This is what... Proof. This is what I believe, even though it's corn, this is what I believe Texas whiskey is trying to get to, is something like this. Ah, you definitely yeah. retains the... The essence of the grain, essentially, sure. that they're using, mm-hmm. but it, it's smooth and refined as you go. So this is what Texas whiskey should taste like, but there's this corn and not wheat. Gotcha. You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? I know exactly what okay. you're trying to say. Okay. I don't know if the people listening, right. like the the newcomers are going to understand that to full potential, but I think what you're trying to say is when you taste Texas whiskey, it's very assertive in one direction. Yes. And it, it's, it's like it doesn't have the edges kind of smooth at all. It's well overpowered. Yeah, and it could be yeah. a rye or it could be a bourbon, but it's going to be very much like heavy on the chocolate note or heavy on some kind of note. Like it's not very smooth. Right. Or they do their Texas corn and the corn is just, you're chewing on a fucking... It's like gamey. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. It's, it's, yeah, like, yeah, eating, yeah. it's yep. like eating venison. Yeah, it's it's feral whiskey. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> this is not that. No, this is... This is when I when I say smooth, I'm not trying to say like like it's smooth like a cheap bottle of whiskey. What they were branding it as a smooth, you know. But like, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah it just yeah, it yeah. seems like the whole the whole spectrum of its flavor is it's very smooth. Like there's no sharp peaks anywhere. Yeah, yeah. it's just good. And I think bringing it down to 96 proof helps it as well. I'm guessing so. I'm guessing so. Because if you go back now to the store pick, which is 120, and it's still very smooth, but it's magnified. It's like they turn the volume up. I get more of the grain out of it now. Yeah. And it's actually drying on the side of my tongue. Yeah. You know how sometimes you get that when you, it hits you on the side of the tongue, it's like it puckers them up or it, it's drying taste? Mm-hmm. That's what I get out of our wheat now. Much different flavor than it was by itself. Yeah. But still kind of creamy. Yeah, like it's yep. still like kind of yeah, yeah. back in the yep. back in the jowls. It's still <laughs> it's still creamy. Yeah, is that the new smooth creamy? Mm. I hope not. I don't really like the word creamy. What's worse, creamy or succulent? Uh, succulent, hundred <laughs> percent. My mom's gonna start saying creamy, and it's gonna be creamy then. Right, I want you to try these new cookies I made. There, they're, they're very sh- creamy. They're very creamy. <laughs> mom, get out. Yeah, stop it. You're drunk, mom. It's creamy. Speaking of, she's gonna come back for Oktoberfest. Hey. So get ready for the the nasty warm vodka shots out of the little 
little plastic mm. bottle she bought at the gas station. Well, you gotta love mom. Well, before we get too off track, let's uh, let's play that interview for the people. So when we did the distillery tour, Jackie was there. She's the sales and distribution lady, sure. and she took us on the tour. She took us through the whole tasting process, and then Paul, the owner slash founder, he was there as well. And so he kind of gave us a little deep dive into how he started the business and you know where it's come from and where it's going. So okay, cool. Yeah, a little twenty minute interview there. So check it out, and uh, we'll be on the other side when you get back. No, no, no. Give us a quick little start of like where you guys started, like like what brought you guys here to Richmond, and like where did the distillery oh, begin? That's a long story. Uh, <laughs> I'm originally from Milwaukee, but I grew up in northern Wisconsin. Okay, went to school in Minnesota. I had a small business in the city, and my wife said I worked too much, and so <laughs> yeah. she wanted her career. So I sold my half of the business, and it was a stay-at-home dad for a couple of years. Well. Within a few months, I was like, I got to find something else to do. And uh, yeah, this was sure. the first thing that she agreed to. I just said, you know, I looked at, read a few articles on some distilleries, some small distilleries that were just starting to pop up. And that was in the early 2000s. And, and then I told her that I, that's what I wanted to do. And she yeah. was like, on board. So then I started researching. It took me two years to get it up and running. Oh, I mean, and only two years. That's yeah. But <laughs> you know, I I had some resources. I mean, because my because when I sold my other business, I had time because I was a stay-at-home dad. So I just did my research, and the hardest thing was finding a place to do it. Okay. I originally wanted to do it in where I grew up, but the economy was in the tank, and that was like two thousand. Six, six and seven, seven yeah, yeah, when everything was yeah rough. And uh, then I started thinking about the city in Minneapolis, and then I found out that they had a $30,000 annual permit fee. And so then it became Western Wisconsin. And I didn't know a lot about Western Wisconsin. I used to just drive through it. Most and, people do. Yeah. <laughs> but now, that was actually probably the most fortunate thing for us to happen to us, because it was hard initially, because... Mm-hmm. What you see around you wasn't here. This building was the first, uh, that little one over there was okay. the first building. That road was put in for us. Okay. There were, you know, nothing was around us. We were in the middle of nowhere. And we had no foot traffic because, well, it wasn't legal. And so that's how we got into contract work. Because we weren't making money on people coming through the door. We had to make money uh, making whiskey for other people. Was that the initial goal? Like, like... When you decided to do it, was it like, I want to make whiskey? I just want to make spirits? I want to... No, at that time, vodka was king. Right. Vodka was out selling everything else combined. And so we started making vodka. And then uh, about three years into it, with the help of distributors, actually, the law changed in the state of Wisconsin and allowed us to sell some products out of our building. Or, and do tastings, and that was a game changer because at that point there was uh, Great Lakes in Milwaukee, there was uh, uh, Yahar Bay in Madison and us, mm. and all of us were struggling, you know, just to survive. But when we could actually sell bottles and do tastings out of our, then we were starting to make money. A little more like tourism and like just yeah. people coming in. Even just the locals, like it brought in the stuff, community yeah. well, here. 
I would have people walk in the door. I'd turn around. Somebody would be standing by the distillery. What are you doing here? It's like, oh, we're distillery. How oh, can I try? No, you can't. It's not legal. And then, then they allowed it. And uh, then we had that little four seat bar. You saw that up front. I don't know if you, you showed. Right we see the bar. That's how. That's all we had. We did mm-hmm. not think people were going to come. But then 40 people would show up for a tour. Yeah. And uh, so then we had to, you know, grow, and that's developed into this. But this community's growing, too, that allows us to develop this. Yeah, it's amazing to see the way you guys have scaled over the past, you know, 10 years with just that doubling, doubling, just to kind of make, and then more growth in the future, too. So that's great. Yeah, and... The whiskey really helped. I mean, it, like I said, at first it was just vodka. We every you could make a living off of vodka. But um, I met a guy down in Kentucky, and he remembered he meeting me. He was trying to get vodka made in southern Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I mean, whiskey, and he wasn't finding success down there. So then he called me up and said, "Well, if you're making vodka from corn, you can make bourbon." Right. And you've said, got the equipment. So that's how it started. <laughs> and so we made our first run for him in, in 2009. Okay, 2009. And, and we kept our first barrel from that run. And then slowly every year it just grew and grew and grew. And we were allowed to build our own inventory without releasing too early. Do you still have that first barrel? Yeah, I do. Do you? Nice. Uh, yeah. Something else is in it right now. I think it's a, it's an Emmer Wheat whiskey in it. Okay. Awesome. Uh, basically a heritage grain whiskey. Sure. So. Which is, I think we tried some of that earlier. It is a different, is it a different heritage grain we tried earlier? But yeah, you guys are doing a lot of really cool things with yeah. whiskey as far as, you know, most people will do, you know, a bourbon. They'll do a rye if they are feeling bold enough because I know rye is, can be challenging to distill on its own. And then with the wheat coming into everything now, that's, I think with Wisconsin, and just the Midwest, I think wheat kind of plays in well with everything that kind of happens in our region too. So, and that's why we're here today is we're we're trying some of these these wheat barrels and they're phenomenal. So. Yeah, how I started making wheat, uh, there was another distillery that started at the same time we did, and they came out to see how we were set up initially, and that was Dry Fly. Okay. Out in Washington State. Oh, yeah. And uh, I know those guys. They came out. Can we, can we check out your facility? Yeah, mm-hmm. we were just starting, and they they started right after we did. And so I tried their whiskey. Well, I don't know. I'll try this. So we made a couple barrels, mm-hmm. and we ended up really liking it. So now we developed a pipeline. Nice. <laughs> so do you do you distill for them as well, or are they just no, kind of- no? They they uh, they just went through. I've seen their bottles, but yeah, I've never yeah. seen their... Yeah, they're starting to blow up a little bit. We use the same yeast. We kind of talked back and forth. Back then, there were not many of us distillers. Right. So you kind of called the guys that were called, hey, what are you using for yeast? Yeah. We used the same yeast. We were using the same carbon. Who else do you call? Filtration. You know, like you got to call somebody else who's doing yeah. it. Yeah, you, know? you didn't call somebody next door to you. You called somebody from Michigan or you called somebody from Washington or California. Right. Because we were scattered all over the country that time yeah as far as like craft yeah like craft guys look 10 years ago their yeah. craft distilleries were you know ton of craft beer people but there was like craft whiskey was not a thing as much as it is now you could have named all the ones in the state you really I, could have yep. yeah and now there's probably like how many in wisconsin now there's got to be like a 
one. Well, there's 28 members in the guild. There's probably another 15 distilleries out there. So, but you know, Washington State, there wasn't a distillery when we opened our doors. And now there's well over 100 distilleries. Damn. That's crazy. There were like 50 in the whole country. Yeah. Started. So what do you find like to be the most challenging as far as like distilling, especially like in the Midwest here? Like what are the, what are the challenges for you guys that you guys find? Outside of the general, like post-COVID shortages, like what is it that's hardest for you guys to do in this market now? I mean, as far as distilling goes, it's I, I think it's deciding where you're at. Like right now, it's there's a trend for people to build up, uh, not climate controlled aging. You know. So they're building these rick houses that don't have any heat. Oh, sure. And that's, we're not Kentucky. Just so you so, get more of an even yeah. keel kind of thing throughout the year? No, you don't want that. You want extremes. Okay. But I think it's doing the opposite. We're getting an even keel because um, it takes so long for it to heat up mm-hmm. and then to cool down. Yeah. And it's just a little bit more mellow in between. So I would almost try to... If I built another rickhouse, which we won't, which we're gonna do, um, I would probably put heat in it and bring it and keep it from going too cold, so that mass doesn't get too cold. So you can continue the process of yeah, aging hot, and getting it really hot, right? Because so. once it stays cold, once it gets that cold, it stays cold for a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were just out there on the tour, and it was cold out there. Yeah. Even on a day like <laughs> yeah. today, like yeah. like we had a last week. Here in Wisconsin was very warm, and then just again, you know, this week it's yeah. it's cold again. So, I think the biggest challenge for us is it, it's just cash flow. I mean, it's just like any other business, mm-hmm. especially when you're building up inventory and you're trying to to keep your aging proper. Right, and it's that's that's the biggest challenge. I guess it's not any different than any other business. Right. And I think when it comes to like distilling and just like having your own brands and everything, you guys do contract distilling, which I'm sure helps a lot with sustaining business throughout all these times. But like, then you guys have like your gins, your vodkas, you have all these other things that help sustain. Because obviously you just can't, you know, distill a bunch of whiskey and let it sit there for five years and wait for... Unless you have some investors. (laughs) Exactly. Like it's either, you know, a huge amount of money in the background or, you know, make something in the meantime so do you feel like the the gin and the vodka have helped you guys kind of work through these times or has that always been there as kind of a staple early on early on now they're just kind of there i mean it's just uh really whiskey's king now yeah now everybody that's what they want it's the it's the trend i would say for sure yeah so i think it's nice having those other those other options Mm -hmm. but uh if you don't if you don't have bourbon it's it's gonna be struggle right um yeah i don't i don't know if they really they they're added revenue they're great for it here too because you know you have you need your, your different spirits for cocktails yeah if you're gonna make a cocktail you gotta yeah. have gotta have it all right yeah we have a wide enough variety that we've got a cocktail for anyone you know like you you right. don't like whiskey you can drink vodka if you don't want vodka you can try the lemon cello you can you for know sure. we've got something for everybody in terms of at the cocktail lounge yeah and there's plenty of good cocktails that don't require a whiskey, you know, sure. but I guess what we do, I guess with being whiskey people, we always kind of gravitate towards that, but that's 
that's our little thing. There's a whole world of people out there who like other things as well. So it's nice that you kind of touch on everything instead of just like, we're just going to make whiskey and yeah. that's all we can do. And cocktails are a great way to introduce people to whiskey too. You know, someone yes. who isn't going to drink a barrel strength neat mm-hmm. pour yes. will have a delicious cocktail and suddenly they like whiskey. Yes, very much so. Yeah. I know, like, even my wife, like, would we go out and we drink whiskey together, or if we go to, like, try something, if we're going to buy a bottle and we can taste it, you know, one of the first things she'll say is, this will make, this will make a good cocktail. Because she doesn't always drink it neat, but she does like something that will stick out in a cocktail. And I think, even with the wheat stuff we're trying today, like, that will definitely stick out in a cocktail, you know, so. It takes more of an effort to make a, a good vodka than it does a whiskey. Does it really? Yeah, I mean... I was in conference once, I was talking to this consultant out of Windsor, Canada, and he, for example, I went to Buffalo Trace with him, and I had to go with everybody else, but when the Buffalo Trace people came out and grabbed him, and he got his own little private tour. Okay. <laughs> so, and, uh, but uh, he uh, he said, what are you doing? I said, make the pocket. He said, ah, don't make the it's too hard. <laughs> really? He said, he said it's too hard. It takes too much energy. It, uh, it's quicker though, it's, right? I no, mean, it's, no, it's actually longer. It's really? More distillations, uh, longer distillations, a lot of energy. Because um, it takes a lot of like, you have to distill it multiple times. Yeah, right? it's it more expensive clean, than the The good thing about vodka is if you do it correctly, you got good spirit right away. Sure. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait and age. And that's, that's the advantage of it. But initially, it's hard. Okay. Because gotcha. the first time I made whiskey, I was like, holy shit, this is, this is easy. <laughs> really? It's just waiting for it. Yep, I guess. Part. Waiting waiting is always the hard part. Yeah. Especially for me, I always want everything like, like right away. But this you, stuff is, uh, these wheat barrels that we've tasted today, we were talking like, what, six... Five, six years on these? Was that the ages on them? Yeah, five yeah. years and a couple, was it two or three months? Yeah. 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 That's that's a good time, I think. And you guys, you're not cutting corners anywhere. We noticed that. You guys are, you got some solid products out there. So, really happy. You guys got anything else you want to add? Thank you for the hospitality. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, for Thanks for coming for all the way the up here. Yeah. Of course. We'll I, definitely be back I for love sure. I when people actually come up here. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> other distillers come up here from the southern part of the state <laughs> so what do they have to say when they come up here like because i know like kentucky is kind of like the the bourbon capital yeah it's like every like that's like the first thing and like people have said if it doesn't say kentucky in the bottle it's not going to sell but like so when people come up here like what do they say like are they like are they like, i think they're they? surprised i think I would, uh, yeah like, i've had other distillers from my mask i don't think anybody realizes what you guys have up here so it's a, it's a very impressive yeah. admiration you have going there. Yeah. Really yeah, and in full transparency, I was surprised as well because yeah. when I come and try it, there's a lot of distilleries in Wisconsin. A lot of them aren't. A lot of them do cut those corners, and they kind of like they'll use. Yeah, I've seen great stuff come out of smaller barrels, even as well. But like, you guys are, it's it's great. Well, it's, throw like oh staves and barrels to like speed up the aging process. Superheat something that it's a age it faster. Yeah, right? it's, a, it's not so here. Yeah, because yeah. like one of the things we do on like our show is we'll put things up against other things. We'll try, you know, we'll try 
you know, a rye from Wisconsin and put up against a rye from Kentucky or a rye from Indiana or even a rye from, you know, New York or something. And we compare and we see like the tasteability. Because if you tried this one thing one on one, it like, oh yeah, that's great. But when you try it up against something else, it's like, well, you get you see where it comes from in a region. Yeah. And I think what you guys are doing here really does speak good volumes of what happens here in the in the Midwest. So Yeah, there's gonna be good stuff coming up all over the place and um, when 10 years ago there weren't that many distilleries so they were all young they were all new unless they were buying the stuff uh, it was hard to get a good product out there but I think yeah. there's enough distilleries out there that have been around long enough that the quality is going up and, and the consumer is not tolerating the lower quality anymore. Right. And before they, they they could give you a little bit of a break, but now they're like, hey, so and so is doing it. Why are you? Right. There's a lot of the bars raising as the time goes on. Yeah, but you never can be critical of a distillery releasing stuff that's young because, again, cash flow. Yeah. It's, right. They got to stay in business. Yeah, we get and that 100%. Hopefully, they get to that point where they, they don't have to do that anymore, but yeah, I never criticize them for doing that. Well, it's just like being like, like we're musicians too, you know, like when we first started our bands, yeah. you know, like I'm sure our first, our first songs were, we're not great. <laughs> or it's like, even like, yeah, or like, or like your first podcast episodes or even like your first YouTube yeah. videos, like, like those are pretty rough compared to like where you've kind of come along and like, yeah. You just hope you just keep growing and you guys keep advancing. So, like, what do you guys see for yourselves in the next five, ten years? Our goal is to increase our own inventory, continue to build our own inventory, right, and and continue to increase in the age. Right. Um, so, the last you know ten years, it's been really kind of developing some inventory where we could you know get out of the market and use uh, the contract revenue to do that mm -hmm. and we've been able to reach the five six year mark where we don't release below that and um, but now it's time to develop a larger inventory so we can sell uh, re further reach because right now we we're going to sell her biggest thing is don't oversell. <laughs> it's, it's a funny thing to tell a sales manager. Yeah. Don't oversell. Yeah. Don't sell yeah. too much. Well, it's true. You have to own your own backyard because yeah. like you can start selling like you could, that's just more work for you though as well, yeah. because then you yeah. have to go to Iowa. You have to go to yeah. Montana. You have to go to right. California and you have to sell this stuff to people because there's new bottles coming out all the time, but if you can't. Our market has shrunk because we don't want to run out. Right. So we, you know, used to sell in other states, but now we're just want to send stuff down there or to that state because we want to be able to supply the two states that we're in. Mm -hmm. but the goal is that eventually we will have yeah. enough inventory to be able to supply those states right so, you know we're working in those expanding those things and in the meantime that looks like expanding our production facilities expanding our cocktail lounge again on the cash flow right. note um you know the growth here will result in growth yep everywhere own the backyard yep. so to speak yeah yep. you have to i mean if you don't if you're not selling most of your spirits within 50 miles of your distillery or 100 miles of your distillery you, you're not doing it right yeah well you're just you're throwing too far you're not you know like if you can get it in this circle and just kind of work your way out that's 
Yeah. Again, it goes back to like playing music. You know, like if you're if you're in a band, if you're trying to like play shows, if you if you like you go up to Minneapolis and you want to play a show and you're based out of you know Madison, nobody's heard of you. You know, so you got to slowly work your way up a circle and get out there and kind of expand your radius. Yep. Expand your radius, fragile. Own your backyard. So, so you said <laughs> when you started, vodka was king, and now you said the whiskey is king. Is there talk of like what the next thing you guys think will be? I think uh, single malts. Single malts are coming. I was just talking to someone out in New York uh, who's pretty in touch with the spirits industry there, and they said rye is come, bourbon's out and rye's in, uh, which is interesting. It's definitely not. I've been hearing rye's in for the past five years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rye category still seems to stay. And I guess you know they in New, York, they, in New York they probably say we're about, we're five years behind. Right. right? Yeah, so yeah. That, they, I mean, and maybe we'll see. That's because the distilleries out there, they grow up, they do a lot of rye out there. There's yeah. a lot of rye distilleries on that region. And, uh, but where I, I also think that wheat is a category that can grow to. I think doing a, a solid wheat is is the move. And that's because the Western distilleries, like uh, some of those states, have they have rules where they have to use more than 50% of their grain and their predominant grains are wheat. Okay. So you're going to see that more and more out west. Right. That'll influence the rest of the country. But What's the, the heirloom grain trend is definitely kind of on the on the cusp too. Right. Uh, heritage grains or heirloom grains being used more and more and more. Right. Organic grains, that kind of thing. Yeah, I was surprised with the Red Five. That was our first. It was really good. Uh, really great. Yeah. And like I said, we got an Emmer that's coming, similar type, really product. Well, yeah, man, keep putting off good stuff, and yeah. we'll, we'll keep supporting you for sure. So it's good stuff. No, 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 no. Well, there it was, folks. That was the that was the interview with Paul from Forty Fifth Parallel Distillery, Forty Fifth Parallel Spirits, because they make more. It's not just a whiskey place. They make, as he said in there, vodka. Sure gin and i tried some other stuff too it's pretty good like if you're a gin guy there you go if you're a vodka guy it's it's vodka you know? <laughs> it's vodka it's vodka <laughs> it's what he was saying early on he's like when they started doing the distilling vodka was the king you know like sure. everybody was drinking like whiskey wasn't even wasn't even hip yet he said whiskey is way easier to make than vodka how is there how is there gin honestly the gin is good really yeah the gin is good the vodka I didn't is it high like like the like They've got bitter botanicals, or is it like they try to church it up? They do two different Silly. kinds. Okay. You know, they have like a just like a like a Wisconsin kind of a Midwest kind of style gin, which okay. is I don't know how to describe it. You just have to try it, I guess. Okay. And then they have like a standard like London flavor. Sure, like a dry gin or whatever. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And th- that's what I like. So I did the uh I sent you a picture of the fucking uh yeah. The the whatever fucking abomination that I made the other day. Yeah, what that's, the fuck was it again? I'm well, get it. It was a bubbler, the Wisconsin, Wisconsin, yeah, from um, Driftless Glen, Driftless Glen, and then I put some bitters in there and I put some sugar in there and a touch of absinthe or something like that. Why is there a Class A Azul bottle next to it? Because <sighs> I was trying to sweeten it up somehow. That was the second picture. I was like, man, this needs something. <sighs> Just didn't know what it was because it's was so fucking bitter. But yeah, that that the Wisconsin gin. It was bitter, huh? It was. I just couldn't. 
I couldn't figure out what the fuck I was going to mix with that to make it a, like a good cocktail. And I was like, oh, well, just let me try a bunch of random shit at different points. And I couldn't make anything out of it. Called it the white trash car crash. Yeah, the white trash car crash. <laughs> Absolutely. Those are not the ones I would put together to call it a white trash car crash. It looks like you've got some... Bubbler? Looks like you've got a little bit of... I, I know that sugar, but it looks like you got some like crack rocks on there, some meth. Yeah. I guess that would make it yeah. the white... White trash car crash. Yeah. Got some bubbler. That's that's white trash. No, that, that's high grade, like rich white girl stuff. <laughs> like if you shop at Target, you probably have bubbler in your car. Yeah. Scon gin, that's bougie. Absinthe, that's like that's artsy fartsy. Yeah. You know. But you've been drinking absinthe a lot. Right? Absinthe has been the only thing I've enjoyed over the last probably two months. That's weird. Yeah, I've been drinking whiskey really at all. I've just the the absinthe has just got me in the feels. Just because, is it because you don't want to drink whiskey or just because that's what you're drawn to at this point in time? I think the absinthe before bed, like, helps me relax, helps me go to sleep, and just, like, it puts me in a mood. And yeah. it's, the, like, the black licorice is, like, soothing, I guess you could say. It's a little more medicinal opposed to, like... Yes, yes. Like, you're not trying to, like, get kind of a buzz, or you're just kind of trying to, like... Right. For for whiskey, I really got to pay attention to what I'm drinking, because I think maybe I'm used to pulling out notes and stuff like that. It's a habit. Where absinthe, it's it, it, it's absinthe. Like sure. there's, there's no freaking question about it. It's like drinking peated, you know, scotch. It's yep. it's there. It's bold. It's in your face. Yeah, I and mean, you can't be like, oh, this is a really good absinthe opposed to the other twenty that I've had. Right. Well, I've only <laughs> tried one kind, but it's so yeah. Absinthe has been my thing lately. I don't know. But yeah, that's fair enough. I can get into a lot of trouble with that. Oh yeah. For some reason, different alcohols get you kind of drunk in different ways. Yeah. Like you can get goofy off the of gin. I yeah, think. I can get blacked out quick. Yeah, but not violent. Nothing like that. It's just that happens to me though too. If I'm drinking more volume, sure, it gets rough now. Yeah, I think that's why I like drinking higher proof stuff because I can just I can sip on it, nip on it, and not get. It's not about like just drinking it. Like it's it, you have to restrain a little bit, sure, because you know just because it's strong too. But you just can't crush it like everything else. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I've been kind of simping lately. Bought a bottle of Buffalo Trace. Really? Yeah. Why? Because it was twenty-three bucks. Okay. I was like, "Fuck, twenty-three dollars for a bottle of Buffalo Trace." It's been a while since I've had it. Sure. Like, I'll buy that. He's like, oh, "I got an E.H. Taylor too, if you want that." I'm like, "How much is it?" He's like, "Forty, forty-two, I think, with tax." Well, I'll take it. Sure. Okay. You can't get it for cheaper than that. Okay. Never. I mean, they're good drinkers. They are absolutely. But you can drink a lot of it, though. That's the way. Yes, you can. Because it's what I think Buffalo Trace is like 94 proof. It probably, yeah. So, yeah, you can really drink that. I think the last drink I made out of it, like I made a cocktail and there was like, a, there's about a shot left. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to save this. So I just like chugged it. Yeah. Like, that was too fucking easy. <laughs> yes. Way too easy. Absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of, I when I was at Starks, when I picked up the, uh, the whiskey or whatever, the yeah, 45th got- parallel. Yep. I picked up a bottle of um, Smoke Wagon. Smoke Wagon? Yes. They had it there? They had it there. He's like, they got like four bottles of this and four bottles of that in Wisconsin. And he's like, we got a couple of them or whatever. It, it's nothing. It, it's just the straight Smoke Wagon. But oh, it's, sure. the, it's the one I passed up on because I like the bottle. It's the the American flag one or the USA one. The red, white, one. and blue one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had a I'm like, oh, fuck. I'll buy it. The, the straight smoke wagon's delicious. He so. just had it on the shelf? like sat on the shelf. Yep. Nice. He's like, fuck it. I'll t-. They had a lot of good whiskey there. there. There's like five of them at least where I was like, mm, 
should I buy it? I'm like, I don't need any whiskey. I'm here to buy one thing. Oh, I know, dude. That's and I was like, man, should I buy this? Should I buy this? And then he comes around the corner. He's like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, we got your whiskey. And I was like, fuck, let's go. So we tried it in there, and yeah, yeah, had to buy a few bottles. I would say, by the time you're listening to this episode, which will be out Tuesday. He should probably have a release by then. Right. But we have a sign-up. We have a Google Doc on our links page. So if you go to our profile in our little our little profile thing, we have a links page. You can go in there, and there's a Google Doc. You can sign up for it, and you can get 10% off. Right. So I would recommend doing that. Get in there, get 10% off. And I think he's got some options, too, as far as, like, delivery options. Maybe. Or maybe mewling back to other town options. because. Yeah. You know, Prairie de Chien can be... A bit Get of a, the whiskey out to the masses. It's a bit yeah. of a hike for some people, but a lot of people come from other places and he can maybe arrange something for you. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, check it out. Go on our socials, go to our links and find that link and you can definitely get that doc and sign up for it. Get yeah. The, get the pre-sale price of 10% off. Yeah, it's fucking... It's, it's good. So it's one of the better barrel picks that i've had in a long time so yeah and what was it it's like 50 bucks too on its own yeah so yep. without the discount it's 50 bucks yeah i would say for a five plus year wheat whiskey that's 120 proof 50 bucks is pretty fucking reasonable absolutely it's yep. probably not going to be everybody's favorite because it's not a sweet bourbon well it's not a big name either exactly you know? but i think it's a buy every time like it's it's unique it's bold it's strong it's delicious and it's really good in fucking cocktails too. Is it? Yeah, I put it to the test. I made old fashioned. It was good. Okay. The Man- oh, I bet. Yeah. The Manhattan was yeah. fucking primo. Yeah. I bet you like a Manhattan. Did you do a Negroni or what's a Negroni with whiskey? That's a Boulevardier. Yeah. There you go. A Boulevard. Boulevardier. <laughs> Say it right. So anyway, yeah, super jealous. Didn't get to go to 45th Parallel. But still, like, how was your first? Your first barrel selection experience. You know what? If people wanted to hire me, I'm just going to put that out there right now and send me whiskeys to try and write a paper on each whiskey (laughs) and give you my notes and my God honest opinion. I would love to do it for you. And you know what? You can pay me in the free whiskey (laughs) that you fucking send me. (laughs) Yeah, we'll give you a couple bottles of whatever we pick. Yeah. I I was very thorough, though. Like You were very thorough. Everybody was... Well, I think Jackie was most surprised by it. Yeah? Because she's like, wow, this dude is really... Like, took it really serious. I'm wow. sh- I'm sure I didn't get- pull any punches. And if, like, if you're spending that much money on a barrel to take a chance on uh, an unknown whiskey, mm-hmm. like, you better fucking pick something good. You know what I mean? It's not right. like it's a, a Buffalo Trace product where it could taste like fucking donkey shit and yeah. sell it no matter what. We weren't, you know picking, what I mean? we weren't picking a Four Roses or anything. We were picking a... right. You know, a, a craft distillery. So I was just doing my due diligence, and you did a good yeah. job. Thank you. It was it was great. Fuck all the haters. No, I'm just kidding. It was easier than I thought. I was like, there's gonna be pressure for this, but there wasn't. No, no. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, said delicious whiskey, 45th parallel. You guys do it right. Yeah, they do. All right. Is that good enough for you? Good enough for me. It's good enough for me. So got to go to the homecoming football game tonight. Let's go. Oh yeah, I got to talk to you about that. Okay. I I have a quest for you if you so. Oh choose, boy. <laughs> so choose to accept. You want me to take a picture of the, the, no. So cheerleaders or what? You, you can do that. That's uh-huh. fine. Uh, I, I think that's illegal. Pro. It's pretty creepy. Okay. It's, it's a little cringe. Cringe. 
Thanks for listening today, everybody. Check us out on our socials, Two Guys Drinking Whiskey Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Check our links so you can get that bottle at 10% off. Yes. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.